Today is the 3rd of March, 2021. And uh, this practice of training in samadhi, of making the mind firmly established, and that sometimes when we do this, the mind will become peaceful. And uh, when we get this inner peace, then there will also be knowledge that comes up. And the breath becomes more and more subtle, but it's important that we don't control it at this point. We just know that the mind has already reached peace. And uh, whatever state the breath is in, however it's flowing, then we just know that. Because if we try to control the breath, then that's desire arising, and that desire will obstruct peace. So we just let it follow its own natural rhythm. If the breath is short, then we know that. If the in-breath, the out-breath is long, then we know that. And we know that the mind is peaceful in a state of samadhi. And uh, at this point, then wisdom has the opportunity to arise. So this wisdom, this panya, what that means is knowledge and understanding in all sankharas and all conditions in line with the truth. So these sankharas we can split into physicality and mentality. And so there's the four elements of earth, water, fire and air. And this is what rupa, physicality, is made of. And then the mental factors are that of feeling, of perception, of mental formations and of sense consciousness. And with these combined, they form the five khandas. And so all the 84,000 teachings that the Buddha gave, their meaning comes together in knowing uh, the body, knowing the feelings, the perceptions, mental formations, and sense consciousness as being inconstant, as being dukkhaṁ, things that don't endure, that don't last and anatta as not-self. So we should look and see that these teachings that the Buddha gave, that physicality and mentality uh, is inconstant, and we should ask ourselves, well, why is it that we don't yet see that, and what's obstructing our view? Well, it's continuity which obstructs our view of inconstancy. And we can see that when someone dies, when they run out of breath, then the state of inconstancy appears very clearly, and we're able to see that then. Uh, But really, everything is always in a state of flux, every minute, every second. It's just that we don't see that. Uh, We don't perceive how it's always around us, it's always arising. And uh, this breath, it's always coming in, it's always going out. Um, It never stays still. And all the different systems of the body, whether they're the cellular systems or whatever it is in this body, um, it's always changing. And these cells are always dying. Every second there are cells that die. Uh, But this can be difficult for us to really see. But with our breath, that's something that we can observe. It's always coming and going. It's not still. 
But the reason that we don't see that is because our minds also are not still. And if we gain enough inner peace, and then we'll be able to understand, just through watching the breath, the in-breath, the out-breath, that these things are inconstant. We'll be able to see into anicca clearly. If the mind is firmly established, if it's well collected together into a state of samadhi, then wisdom will arise. And we'll be able to perceive all physical and mental phenomena as being inconstant, as being anicca. And uh, we see this through the knowledge that we have uh, through this panya yana. And we can see all the things around us, a house or a dharma hall, different things in the monastery, that these are all deteriorating, decaying with every single passing moment. Every second, these things are falling apart. And... Uh, when we can perceive this, it shows that our knowledge has gone quite deep. So the samadhi is therefore something important. And uh, we train ourselves um, in it in order to stop our minds from thinking, from constantly uh, proliferating, from constantly rattling off this inner narrative. And we have mindfulness over our minds as well, knowing what it is that they are thinking about. And so we establish this awareness, this knowledge, so we can understand clearly, see that these thoughts too are inconstant, they're not sure. And uh, when we proliferate, it's often about something to do with physicality or mentality, but really these things are all not self. So we should contemplate in this manner. If our minds are peaceful, then wisdom arises quite easily. And we can teach them very easily as well. But if they're not calm, if they're stirred up, then they just won't listen to what we tell them. Because the kilesas are in control. They're overpowering the mind. And so we need to develop samadhi and do this every single day. And it's very important to take up this practice. The whole path of practice of sila, of virtue, samadhi, this collectedness of mind and panya, of wisdom. And uh, sila, virtue, is the cause for the arising of samadhi. And samadhi, in turn, is the cause for the arising of wisdom. And wisdom is what gives birth to vimuti, to liberation. So we need to try to train our minds in this way, because a mind that is well-trained brings us happiness. And, but if we don't do this practice, we don't do this work, then it'll always be thinking, always be proliferating. And the kilesas, the defilements, will always hold sway over our hearts. If there's something there that makes us pleased, then the mind will just get lost in that and proliferate upon that. If there's something there that makes us sad or sorrowful, and then the heart will proliferate upon that. And so too with anger, with fear, with love, with hate. The mind takes these things and thinks on and on about them. And there's never any peace. We just don't experience any peace. All we see is the mind that's constantly giving chase to these sense impressions and these emotions. It's always running after, following them. 
it's always involved with them. So what we need to do then is to train our minds so that uh, the one who knows is born within it. And this one who knows will then watch over the mind. And if the mind is proliferating in any way, then it will teach the mind. We tell ourselves these things, they're not sure, they're inconstant, yeah? And we contemplate, seeing that these things are not self. So what it is that obstructs the view of anatta is the coagulation of things, the coming together of things. So just like these four elements of earth, water, fire, and air, when they come together, we start seeing them as being a being, an animal, or a human. That our houses, um, monasteries, they're built from just sand and stone and cement. Uh, but when these things come together, we take them to be buildings. And then we get the feeling that this wall is big or it's small, that it has this color or that color, and the mind proliferates in this way. But if the mind is still, then it doesn't give rise to this commentary. And we see that really these things are not there. Houses, monasteries, they're not actually there. When the mind is already in a still space, then we'll know that there really isn't anything. And this knowledge becomes even more profound if we can separate out the elements. And we'll see that there's no true thing there at all, that it's all anatta. So what obstructs peace from arising in our minds is these five hindrances, um, that of desire or finding pleasure in sensuality, in annoyance or aversion, in drowsiness, in restlessness, in doubt. And it's often that when we sit in meditation that we'll feel quite drowsy, and this is one of these hindrances arising. You may be sitting there and swaying from left to right, and it's like this. Um, but why is it that when we listen to music, we watch movies, we chat with each other, then we're not drowsy? It's just when we come to meditate that we get drowsy. So a method to fix this is to think, is to use vitaka vichara, to bring up an object in the mind and keep it there, um, to not just allow the mind to get more and more dull as we carry on sitting. So we need to be cautious here. We need to open up our eyes. And these five hindrances are that which obstruct samadhi. And sometimes the mind may be very restless or it may just get annoyed for no apparent reason. And sometimes that's what the mind is like. And they can also uh, be this desire for sense pleasures. So we should uh, contemplate in this case when there's this uh, desire for sensuality and look into this body, seeing it or the body that we normally take to be us or them, and seeing that really it's not. It's not beautiful that the hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, and skin, these things are unattractive. They just cover up uh, these bodies. So we look to see the body in the body as well. There's the external body, and then there's the internal body. And um, if these things are clean, if they're attractive, 
then why is it that we need to wash them? Why do we need to clean them? And all the clothes that come into contact with this body, why do we need to wash them as well? And uh, just like how we chant that initially the robes we wear, they're not dirty, but having come into contact with this body, then they become unclean. Now when there's heat, then the body exudes sweat and oil, and this uh, makes the things, the clothes, the robes that uh, touch the body, that uh, clothe it, uh, to become dirty. And they may become moldy as well. And we need to go and wash them. And uh, inside the body, there are many unattractive things in there as well. So we need to look at these and see them with the eye of wisdom to see what is really there in this body. It's just a bunch of organs, things that are unattractive. It's got all these illnesses inside it as well. And it's also something that we can't control. But why is it that the mind becomes deluded in it? We need to contemplate this. We need to reflect upon it. And uh, when the mind um, doesn't have much peace, then it'll be getting involved in this liking and disliking. There'll be a lot of thoughts, a lot of scatteredness uh, to our minds. And uh, so we should reflect that we need to die. So why are we going to go and think about all these different things? We need to die, so what's the point in getting angry? Everyone's in the same boat as us, so we should have compassion, we should have kindness towards each other that none of us stay in this world for very long. So we bring up this heart of metta, of loving-kindness, of benefaction, and that leads to inner well-being. And um, there's also doubts that can often arise, but it's just not necessary to follow these, to believe in any of these in the practice. We just try to keep our minds with one object, whether that's buddho or dhammo or sangho, we contemplate the unattractive nature of the body, or we reflect upon emptiness. We do whatever feels comfortable and natural to our hearts, whatever leads us to peace. And when we do this, then the mind settles into peace quite easily. And when it's in that state, then it won't be doubting. And sometimes when we listen to the Dhamma, then the heart really feels full, it feels contented, and it feels like Nibbana is close at hand. And before, I also was like this, that I really liked listening to the Dhamma of my teacher, and when I did this, my heart felt very radiant and bright, it felt like Nibbana was right close by. It uh, felt like it wouldn't be long until I could attain to this. But then as the days passed by, my mind reverted back to what it was like before, and the chilesas, um came up again and uh, held sway over my mind once again. So we need to listen to these teachings of truth regularly and uh, bring the mind to a state of peace frequently. And in the end, it will turn still. And when it's in this still space, then the practice becomes quite easy. Whenever we're walking or we're sitting in meditation, then the mind is in a peaceful spot. 
And uh, when it's like this, um, then whatever arises, we'll be able to see that as being a constant, that it's something that's not sure, it's unreliable. And there's no need to instruct our minds a lot at this point. And this is how Lumpucha taught, uh, that if we can teach our minds easily, then we just do a bit and that's enough. There's no need to elaborate on things a lot. That if uh, we just tell our minds that this thing it's inconstant, and our minds accept that, then that's good enough. We tell our minds that whatever physicality there is there, whatever mentality is present, that this is not self. Or we can tell ourselves that, uh, or recite this, that physicality is not self, mentality is not self. Or tell ourselves, it's empty, it's empty. Maybe as we breathe in, we recite empty. We breathe out, we recite empty. And this can aid our hearts to gaining peace, to coming into a state of samadhi. And then when the mind is peaceful in this way, then we contemplate again, we reflect again, and our minds uh, gain a new sense of clarity about these things. That before we just took everything in terms of its apparent reality, the conventions that we give rise to, but now we see it in terms of liberation. And uh, the mind then becomes liberated. And the heart feels very spacious, it becomes empty. See, there's no being, no self, no me, no other there. And uh, whatever's present, even if the defilements are there, we must have mindfulness and know what's going on. And uh, when the breath is coming in, and the breath is going out, and then we're mindful of that. But we also need to be cautious here, uh, because if we just watch our breath, then it can be quite easy uh, to fall asleep. And uh, at sometimes it can appear like the body is sleeping, but the mind is still awake. But oftentimes, when the body starts getting drowsy and starts getting slumped, then this will lead the mind into sleep as well. So we must be cautious. And if we're getting quite drowsy, then we should do a lot of chanting internally, not just watch the breath, but chant a lot. Chant very quickly. We can recite buddho, 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 very fast. With the in-breath, buddho, buddho, buddho. With the out-breath, buddho, buddho, buddho. Don't let any space for the mind to think. Or recite buddho, dhammo, sango, buddho, dhammo, sango. Or nibbanang, nibbanang, nibbanang. Do this very, very quickly. And carry on doing it until the mind becomes still. And there's no opportunity for it to think about anything else. And then when the mind is still, we can ask ourselves, well, where is this nibbana? Well, nibbana is emptiness. What that shows us is that any physicality is not me. Any mentality is not me. When we understand this, then we see Nibbāna. In the beginning, though, we have to bring up this repetition initially of Nibbāna, Nibbāna, and use this memory in order to gain samādhi. But when we have the state of samādhi, then wisdom can arise and we can see the truth of the matter. And this wisdom essentially is knowing Sankara's conditions for how they are. Whether we're walking we're standing, we're sitting, we're lying down, we have mindfulness, we're not 
heedless. We really take this practice on. We give it our best shot. We have this sincerity already. We have this firm determination already. And Nibbāna is the highest happiness. But those who know say Nibbāna is supreme. And if we don't give the practice our supreme go, our best effort, then we won't be able to get there. Uh, But it's not above or beyond what we can achieve through our efforts. And if we put this in, then it won't be long until Nibbāna is seen clearly. And so may all of you be sincere in this.